Hello everybody, Dr. F. Scott Field here, and I'd like to introduce you to our newest sponsor. The NPTE Final Frontier is the review course that I wish was around when I took the board exam. For those of you who know my story, it took me a handful of times to pass that exam, and quite frankly, I really wish I had an, an, an exam review course around, uh, just like the NPTE Final Frontier. Uh, check out their website, NPTEFF.com. And use the code HET at checkout for 10% off to all of our listeners and fans. Hello, everybody. Dr. F. Scott Field here with another Teach Me Something Tuesday episode of the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast. Today's episode is all about feedback. This goes for both professors and students, and we're going to take it from two different aspects. So when professors or teachers have to give feedback to their students, it's almost like smart goals. There's a bunch of things that we need to hit when we're giving feedback. Otherwise, it just doesn't really land and it doesn't really help. Giving boring, bland feedback that's generic is not going to help individual students. It takes a little more time for sure to do that. But I've feel like the juice is worth the squeeze on this one, right? So when giving feedback, the one thing that teachers and professors have to do is make sure that the feedback is understandable, right? It has to be in a language that students understand, uh, which can be tough sometimes because sometimes it's using language about a topic or a scenario that they haven't quite learned that language yet. They're just learning it now for the first time. So we have to be able to use layman's terms as we do with patients sometimes to explain some things to students when they're just starting to learn early on different, uh, different techniques and different terminology. We also have to be selective. We have to pick about two to three things that they can work on that's going to have an impact that they can control. We also need to be specific, right? We need to give examples in their work where they demonstrated some areas that feedback can help, right? It needs to be, uh, hey, a couple of errors here and here. You talked about in your assignment, make sure you think about those and, and adjust those or address those next time you're talking about this category. Specificity helps. Has to be timely, right? We've got to try to get these things graded and turned around and feedback given on a relatively a quick timeline. I'm not as great at that as I'd like to be, partially because I am giving thoughtful feedback and it takes a while. And, and partially because sometimes the course loads just a lot. You're teaching three to four courses at times and it takes a lot of time to get certain assignments graded for each of the four classes. So it can be a lot. But we want it to be feedback that's given relatively fresh so that the memory is still there and the thought process is still there when they turned in the assignment. And the experience is still fresh in their mind so that it still relates to them and they can understand what's going on. Um, it has to be contextualized, right? The feedback has to be applicable to what it is they're learning or what it is that their outcome was for the assessment that just happened, right? Otherwise, just giving generic feedback, like I talked about, is just not very helpful. Like, oh, in the world of, of physical therapy, this is usually something that happens. Okay, great. How does that apply to this assignment that was graded and how does that apply to what we're learning right now? Uh, the feedback has to be non-judgmental, right? We're not pointing fingers. We're not calling people names or saying, oh, you're stupid or dumb or you're the worst or whatever, right? This is non-judgmental. This has to be a safe place for people to learn, to turn in assignments, to get feedback and process it. And the only way we can do that is if we remain non-judgmental. Um, it has to be balanced, right? We have to talk about the good and the bad. There's that ratio of, oh, you should start off with two 
good compliments before you give a bad one or something like that. I don't really go by that. I'm pretty straightforward. I'm from New York. I'm a little bit abrasive at times. I'm, I'm pretty straightforward though with my assessments and my feedback. I'm going to tell it to you how it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm going to say, hey, this was good. This wasn't so good. That wasn't so good. Oh, this one was pretty good. This I'm just going to go at it step by step and explain the good and the bad. And hopefully you'll take that and run with it and learn as you, you know, go on and progress throughout your curriculum. It has to be forward looking, right? It's important to think about what does this mean for the future? What are we going to do with this feedback? How are we going to build on it? How are we going to get improvement from this assignment that we just turned in, take the feedback and then get better at it next time? It's like failing or making mistakes. Those are all okay. As long as you don't give up. And you don't make the same mistakes twice and you learn from it, right? So as long as you keep going, keep trying, keep pushing, keep learning, you know, it's okay to fail as long as, again, you're failing forward and that we're getting better and we're improved. And then it's got to be transferable, right? How is this knowledge and this skill set going to help me in the future moving forward? How can I transfer what I learned here now today into bigger picture things that I may need further in my career? So those are just some ideas for feedback. Now, from a student standpoint, one of the biggest places they can affect the future and their learning is feedback through course evaluations. We all know those things where you finish a semester, the course is over, and then the professor or the school or whoever asks you to fill out a form, right? Or a course evaluation. It's not required usually. It's usually voluntary, but I find that the... Students that do that, that take the extra step and do the feedback, generally get a greater sense of satisfaction and a little bit more commitment to their learning because they're also giving feedback to the teacher or the professor on how the class went, what went well, what didn't go well, because then the professor or teacher takes that information and then tries to apply it to the next time they run that course. So is it going to help those students that just went through the course? No, but it'll help future generations. And it could be something that is transferable to a course that professor teaches later on in the curriculum. So, you know, the feedback that students give on course evaluations can be very helpful, both for future generations and for that student in future courses. But also it helps with things like tenure, promotion. It gives the professor a sense that, hey, you're doing well, you're doing things good, keep up the good work or... Now you missed the mark on this one. I would try this and this next time. So those are why course evaluations are such good feedback and so important for students to fill out. So even though the numbers are usually pretty low on those, it's obviously different for every course, for every university, but I find that it's very rare that you get a full class to fill out their course evaluation. I strongly recommend it to students to do that because it is helpful information and they're anonymous. So it's not like, uh, you know, you're going to get any sort of retribution or anything like that. You're not going to get picked on or anything. It's just really to help the professor learn. And hopefully they'll take that information and apply it to the next time that course is run. Or again, if it's a characteristic or a technique or something, one of my biggest flaws when I transferred from clinical work to academia uh, was just my response time on things like emails and stuff. Very early on in my career, I was pretty slow because in clinical, we only checked our email once or twice a week, if that. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot going on. It was any time there was a training or any meetings or anything like that, we'd have to know about it through email. So I didn't have to check it that often. Whereas in academia, it's all day, every day. And I had to get better at responding to emails much, much quicker and more efficiently. 
And so luckily I've implemented a lot of things that help me do that now. So I'm getting better and better at responding as quick as possible. And again, not every email gets answered right away. Some slip through the cracks still. I'm trying to find ways to make sure that doesn't happen, but it's tough when you have, you know, tons of emails flooding your inbox daily from students, from other professors, from administrative people. It's a, it's a lot. Just getting better at that was really one of the big things that I had to work on. And that was all thanks to feedback from my students. Uh, don't take feedback personally. It's not a personal attack. It shouldn't be, at least it's not judgmental. It's just constructive, hopefully, right? It's helpful ways to help people get better at what it is they do and how they can get better at the next thing they do, right? In the next assignment or the next course or whatever it may be. So I hope that episode on feedback was helpful and I hope you'll continue to fill out your course evaluations if you're a student or think of the different things that you have to include if you're a professor giving feedback so that it's most helpful to students moving forward. And we will see you on the next one.